Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode don't know because I don't know when I'm going to post it. This week, I actually have a former teacher of mine on. We're just going to go with Steve. I don't want to use your last name just okay. in case. Because your um, show, you don't use last names. So. Right. We got to play it safe. To... I'm here under anonymity. <laughs> yeah. and we, But sometimes aliases, sometimes not. But <laughs> anyways, uh, please make sure you rate and review us in iTunes or whatever podcast app you have. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, anything that you can Google. That's where we are. Uh, so, Steve, welcome. Thank you for being on this week. Well, thank you for having me. So, um, it was kind of cool because we were actually just on your show, That's Too right. Much Scrolling. Too Much Scrolling. Which is great because I remember I actually got into Too Much Scrolling a little bit before you and I started talking more recently. Really? Yeah, I, I listened to an episode on, it was on some Marvel movie that came out in like... Marvel like movie 2016 or something like that. I can't remember which one okay, it was. Okay, so a couple years ago. Yeah. We've been doing Too Much Scrolling for going on four years right now. Okay. We do a movie the week and a book of the week we used to do an app of the week but nobody talks about apps anymore <laughs> it's not a thing it's anymore. not a thing anymore we've, okay. we've eliminated that so okay. you you discovered my podcast mm-hmm. well because i think you came up in like suggested facebook friends and i added it and then it probably just by association it suggested it yeah and that was about when i was getting back into podcasts uh, listening not making my you own hadn't yet decided to make your own podcast right right that took some coaxing yeah <laughs> and so um, you know you gotta you gotta find your guru yeah and exactly. email him and say hey steve uh, <laughs> you you've been doing this podcast thing what do i need <laughs> and I, i'm more than happy to help i'm yeah, glad it's great that got us started it's amazing that you see me as an adult human, I see you as an adult human, and we can share information and get to the point where you have your own podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to think how far it's come. Like, from working backstage yeah. on a play, a musical, we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, boy. To doing podcasts now. Here we are. So, some of the guests that you guys have, you, you were telling me about some of, the, some of the ones that you're going to have on in the future, but... Uh, tell the people, like, who do you typically have on? What do you like to talk about? Where do you guys go with your scope? Well, Chip and I are very different people. So I talk a lot about science fiction. I talk a lot about time travel. I've had a lot of Doctor Who guests on, a lot of Rift Tracks and MST3K guests. Like, what do you mean Doctor Who guests? Like people from like a convention or? Uh, I go to a lot of conventions okay. and I, I've talked to a lot of semi-celebrities on the Doctor Who list. Really? Nick Briggs, who is the voice of the Daleks. Okay. Uh, Madame Vastra. You might not know who that is. It's a I'd character. Have to, I have to it's watch the show. It's a character on Doctor Who. Just go <laughs> with me. There, there are so many ancillary people other than the main cast, and I've talked to quite a few of them. We've had uh, quite a few fun conversations. I bet with the people yeah. from Doctor Who. As you say, you got all this cool stuff yeah. on your wall over here with all well, these can... signatures. And did you ever? I have to ask because. Okay. I don't remember if you dressed up as Sven Gulli once or if you met him once. I, I have talked to Sven Gulli many times. Okay, but you can confirm you were not Sven Gulli this whole time. I was not Sven Gulli this whole okay. time. No, no. I, Rich Coase and I are Facebook friends. We celebrate our friend anniversary every year, and nice. I'm very happy to say that I've had him on the show a couple of times. There you go. I, I, I've been a huge fan of his presentation since the mid-'80s. I'm a, a big fan of 
crummy movies <laughs> and presentations where you can take something awful and make it entertaining. It's kind of what we do in class, isn't it? Where <laughs> take, you take something awful. <laughs> right? This topic that these kids don't want to talk about that yeah. you find a way to make interesting. That's true. Okay. When you put it that way, yes. Okay. Absolutely. I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> so, well, <laughs> bad movies are a, are a genre. Mm. I enjoy watching bad movies with a good host. Sven Gulli gives me some information about these bad movies that makes them interesting for me to find information in this movie. Sure. Riff Tracks and MST3K are the the next generation. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, he's <laughs> pointing to my wall. This is good radio. He's pointing to my <laughs> wall. We're down in my basement right now. My basement studio, I have my autograph wall. There's a two-page article in the Chicago Tribune that I can put in your show notes. But anyway, there's all these people that I really admire, mm. mostly for their presentation skills, the ability to share information uh, across the country with different people podcasting the internet has changed the way that we consume entertainment and it's changing the way that we teach our students because we can share information they can share information back and it's different than it was when you were in my class miles different yeah i have to say back then i don't even remember what i learned in most of my classes but your class is memorable. Like before we were actually like starting the recording for this, mm-hmm. I was talking about the activity where you would put us into like a different room with a microphone yeah, to make us was, comfortable with speaking. That's right. There's oral communications class, which is still a terrible title for a class. <laughs> Don't say oral, but it, it was a... <laughs> I didn't even realize. You didn't realize that until no. just now. See, I live in the middle school mindset. That's true. You have to. And I have to think about what kids think and what they mean by that's words. That's true. I'm actually scared to draw like anything that might resemble like some sort of phallic right. any any shape like that and I'm, I'm very conscious about it and if I see like I'm starting to like form like a graph I'll be like oh no I'm gonna erase it real quick and move on that's how Elon Musk made the Falcon Heavy rocket <laughs> yeah. with phallic symbols there you go <laughs> that's where it starts that's always where it starts everything in oral communication <laughs> class the point was to get kids able to give a presentation in class Every class probably has kids presenting material, and every class, they struggle with this. The idea of giving information to a class is terrifying to certain kids. Obviously, as a teacher, I love speaking in front of a group, so I try to show them how to do it slowly, and and everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite thing that we did was I brought a microphone and a speaker into class, and I take the microphone and I put it into a different class or a stairwell, or wherever I can find to put it, and have the kids in an isolated area where they can say the things that they were planning to say while the audience stays in the classroom and hears the sound coming through the speaker. And we laugh. We <laughs> laugh at you when you're in the other room. And you're terrified that we're laughing at you. And then you come back in and you find out we were laughing at you, and it's okay. That's the thing. That's the lesson is kids are terrified that they're going to say something wrong and people are going to laugh at them. And so my first lesson in that class is, yeah, you're right. I'm going to laugh at you because <laughs> you're going to say something wrong. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. That very low stakes mm-hmm. type of a thing. It's a great way. And clearly it's working because you have plenty of kids that it's part of your your legacy with they're going on in high school and college or whatever to do so like i started a podcast some people they're doing plays or some sort of theater performance or 
they're just good at communicating with people in their everyday life. And whatever they have they're doing. that memory of what we did in that class. Right. Almost nobody walks up to me and says, remember when we made that graph in computer class? <laughs> that was awesome. That almost never happens. But so many people your age and a little bit older, because yes, I've been doing this for a very long time, <laughs> they come up to me and they, they have those memories of that really tense situation, they, that scary thing that I made a little less scary and a little more fun, I hope. Yeah. It was always entertaining. Remember that was <laughs> see that's the good thing though, because you would make us laugh too, even if it was even if it wasn't a fun activity like the microphone thing. You'd mm-hmm. make us laugh and that always helped too. Isn't that the name of the game? That's, Is that's true. finding a way to meet these kids where they are, to give them what they need, and to show them what else is out there yeah absolutely there's a lot to it it's a hard game (laughs) it is a hard game i want to play it for like 20 more years 20 more just 20 more 20 more you got like 35 more (laughs) don't don't laugh at me too much sir (laughs) (laughs) we were actually so um mike that was on too he was talking about he's currently teaching and he was thinking i'm not sure if this is what i want to do for the remaining time of my career i'm not sure if i want to leapfrog it do you think you're sticking to teaching or do you want to leapfrog into something else that's I, related? Or I seriously couldn't imagine working in an office. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine cubicle life. I've never had an office job. I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine sitting all day staring at a computer screen. I, I, I'm too much about kids, too much about information and sharing information to just be a cog in the system. Now, of course, I'm a cog in the system. Of course, we are sociologists, really. You and I, we are studying this thing called humanity. We're deciding what's the best thing for students to learn, not for them, but for all of us. What's the best thing for society? I couldn't imagine not teaching. I don't know what else I would do with my life. I, it's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I am. It defines me in so many ways. You know, I'm teaching a careers class right now, which is awful, by the way. <laughs> don't ever take a careers class. I'm, t- I'm teaching a careers class right now, and one of the questions that I ask the students is, who are you? What defines you? And don't start with your name. Your name is not who you are. You didn't decide your name in most cases. In most cases, your parents decided your name maybe even before you were born. So that does not define you. What is it that makes Ryan, Ryan? For me, teaching and having these conversations with adult humans afterwards, like you did this, you accomplished this task. We, we haven't gotten into the musicals yet, but <laughs> we'll get there. No worries. The fact that the number of kids that come up to me 15, 20 years later and go, you and I made this musical happen. We produced a musical. I have so many great memories. That's, that's the biggest reward I could ever imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because we were talking on on your podcast, one of the biggest lessons that I did get was from like a football coach on the field or from you. And it was something like, don't be afraid of that failure because it's going to happen, but it's not a big deal. In terms of getting to, because you said you teach a career class now, but you used to do (laughs) very excitedly teaching. Well, you know, maybe you don't know. In education, sometimes curricula change. Sometimes you are told this is what you have to teach and you don't have much 
wiggle room with it. The the key is to find yourself in that curricula to right. teach them something that you think is important for them. Yes, careers is the name of the class. Yes, I don't know a lot about careers because I am a teacher. So <laughs> I show them the social pieces, the sociology pieces of finding a job. Somebody has to be the butcher. You might not want to be the butcher, but this week you're the butcher. <laughs> oh, you do like simulations? Then? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, oh, that's yeah. good. That's a good way. We to took find out your... we took out the uh, game of life board game last week. Nice. And I had them playing that. They had a lot of fun. They were totally engaged playing this game in school. Maybe it was because it was different. Maybe mm-hmm. because it wasn't the same as the social studies class where they have a book and they have to read the book <laughs> and then they have to answer questions. <laughs> but whatever it was. Hopefully, it got them thinking about what is the purpose of all of this stuff. Yeah. And I love when you can confuse them into, like, they don't realize they're learning. Yes. I do that a lot. And then they go, oh, at the end, I got them. (laughs) So when I had you, you were were doing, like, drama and communication. When you first started out, how did you get into teaching? How did you start to realize this is what I want to do? How did you enter? And then... Were you always teaching some sort of technology or communication class? Well, to answer that, let me start with the second half first. My passion is in technology. I got my first computer in 1984 when I was 10 years old, and I I love the learning about this technology. I rewire things all the time. I, I tear things apart and try to figure them out all the time. So getting into education was... A part of that, for me, when I was going to college, I decided, well, it was decided for me that I was going to be a chemistry major because I enjoyed high school chemistry enough that it was decided that that was going to be a reasonable job choice for me. I got into college as a chemistry major and uh, got to the calculus class and went, "Mm, I don't know (laughs) what he's asking me, much less what the answer is. So I stopped being a chemistry major and became an English secondary education major in my second year at college. My wife, who I met at orientation before college, she also was a chemistry major. She also left that department and went to English and education. For the same reason, calculus? Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's, more, it's usually more than one. She but. got it better than I did. She, she actually passed calculus, <laughs> which is a thing that I was not able to do. But yeah, basically, we decided that this was not the right path for us. So... I worked at the video store during college, and my wife got a job right out of college. We weren't even out of college yet. She was at a career fair on campus, and they said, hey, come to Elgin. You can teach French. And she said, okay, but I don't have a degree in French. I have a degree in English. And they go, well, can you get a minor real quick? And she said, (laughs) Yes, I can get a minor in French really quick. And so she got her minor and she had a job before we graduated college. The whole country was open to us. We could have gone anywhere in the country. And we came to Elgin because that's where she got a job. So we got here and I didn't have a job. 
but there was a local video store right across the street from our apartment. Was it like a na- like a big brand like Blockbuster? Or well, Hollywood it or wasn't small? at the time. At the time, uh-huh. it was a very local brand called Planet Video, okay. and it was just just a couple of brothers who opened a video store, a chain of them. They started in Wisconsin, and I got a job at the video store across the street because it was convenient. And then they sold to Blockbuster, uh-huh. and okay. I transitioned that store to a Blockbuster store. So I was once again working for Blockbuster, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the hours, boy, retail hours are Ooh. rough. You know, New Year's Eve is the biggest night for video rental, or at least it was. Really? Oh. It was. I don't know if it still is today. Probably still is. There's still uh, video stores. That. Yeah, that's true. There are still video stores. Somehow, Netflix. family video has survived. I don't know how it's possible. Wait, really? I didn't know that. You I haven't seen find, it. You will find Ooh. across the country there are still family video stores. Blockbuster is gone. Hollywood video is gone. Retail is very challenging. Yeah, I was. I was there till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning virtually every night, except for inventory nights. Every 30 days, we took inventory of the entire store. We were there till 7 a.m. Ooh. Every 30 ah. days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did that in a hardware so, store, and that was a whole week, but it was only like a couple times a year, so I can't imagine that right. much. Yeah, Ugh. this was every 30 days. Mm. So my wife convinced me that this was not the right <laughs> career path for me after a year after college, because I had my degree in teaching, right. but I wasn't using it. So I got into substitute teaching in 1998 in the late 1900s, as my students like to tell me. <laughs> oh, tell us another story of the late 1900s. <laughs> Stings a little bit. Yeah. Stings a little bit. Yeah. So I got into teaching from the path of substituting, which most people do. And then I got this phone call 16 years ago. They said, well, yeah. The thing is, this job is half drama and half computers. And I said, you should stop interviewing because you are never going to find another human on this planet who is more 50% computers and 50% drama than I am. You said that? I said that. I said that on the phone before the first interview. That's like the Tom Brady thing. Like, (laughs) you drafting me is the greatest decision ever. It really is. But you backed it up. Uh, well, here I am, 16 years later at the same school, and, and i got to say that I am so very proud of the things that I've been able to accomplish in the last 16 years. They did not have a musical program at the school before they hired me. The principal said in the interview, we don't have a musical. Are you the man to start the musical program here? And I said, yes. So yes, that I am. That would have been Mr. I'll bleep it. Yeah. Throwback. Yeah. How's he doing? He's 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 doing all right. Okay. He's he's re- long retired. Oh yeah, he retired when I was I think in middle school. Yeah. Something like that. He's doing all right. We don't see him as much as we'd like to, but mm-hmm. he he made that school what it is. That yeah, yeah. that school was built on his orders. He was like the Churchill in well, a lot of ways. Even the speed limits around the school, he yeah. was the one that got those things approved. He got stuff done. He was the guy that decided that I should have a stage. My stage opens to both the gymnasium and the cafeteria. That's he decided right. that it should have lights hung on the ceiling. There's a lot of middle schools that don't have that kind of facility. Right. So I, I have to give him props for what he decided to do, including 
hiring me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, you got to though. You have to. <laughs> so one of the big things, like you said, you, you brought plays and musicals yeah. to the school. What's the, the spotlight story? That oh, it's apparently famous from a few years ago. Infamous, infamous spotlight <laughs> story. We were doing the summer musical. I started the summer musical program in our school district as well, where we took all okay. the stars from all the middle schools and brought them together for one summer performance. Okay. And there was one summer, the summer of 2012. <laughs> ah, yes, I remember it well. There should be there should be dream music at this point. I need I need those in the early 2000s. Chants. In the early just after the late 1900s. In the in the back in 12. There's the voice. <laughs> in 2012, we were performing Bye Bye Birdie, which you were a part of Bye Bye Birdie when we did it. In, in 2005, 2006? Something like that. No, no, we G- did it again in 2012. Okay. Which one was better? I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're all wonderful. All of, my, all of my children who have gone on to do wonderful things. <laughs> 2012, we were doing the show again. We were at the high school at the time. And there were there are two spotlights there. I don't know if you remember that from your time at the high school. Mm, There's two spotlights. So one, one on stage left and one on stage right. Okay. One of them, I happened to be operating that day because it just happened that the spotlight operator was not available for the performance, so I was up spotlighting. The other spotlight, one of our students was operating. The spotlight had a problem, had a wiring issue. It it had been a known problem for over a year, but nobody did anything about it because, you know, fine arts. (laughs) (laughs) So... If you move the power cord for the light just right, the light worked just fine. Mm-hmm. If you moved it just a little bit, the light would not function. It would not get enough electricity. And if you touched the wire where the fault was, you'd get an electrical shock. Okay. This is a problem, <laughs> generally speaking. Generally speaking, you don't want a 13-year-old up a story above the ground, touching an electrical wire and going, ah! Yeah, generally. generally. Yeah, generally. <laughs> Depends on who the kid is. So, <laughs> it, in the middle of Act 1, in this particular performance of Bye Bye Birdie, the spotlight stopped working. The kid could not touch the wire just right to get it to work. So, during intermission, in my infinite wisdom, I decided we should tape it up a little bit more because it was it was not functional. Unfortunately, the only tape I could find was duct tape. <laughs> Here's here's a lesson, kids. Duct tape conducts electricity, just so you know. So I, I didn't know this at the time. I really okay. didn't. I, did you honestly, research after? I did not know this at the time. <laughs> I thought for sure that I was doing the right thing, helping this light to work for the rest of the performance. Act two begins with the song, What Did I Ever See in Him? And I don't know if you remember Bye Bye Birdie from, Ooh, it's been so from long. 10 years ago when you, were, <laughs> when you were running sound. But this is a song about the female lead saying that she doesn't want to be in this relationship with the male lead anymore. She says, eight years, eight years, that's how long I've wasted on him. That's all. I'm through. Albert Deere, to put it sweetly. And at that point, at that moment, at that exact moment, this spotlight wire exploded like fireworks. She pointing and she's pointing like <laughs> at the spotlight on stage left. She goes, "Albert dear, to put it sweetly." Point. <laughs> the thing exploded. 
explodes like pyrotechnics. Like the whole audience turned around and went, wow, this is a good show. <laughs> I did not know that they had the budget for this many pyrotechnics. <laughs> Luckily, there were two piano players who were accompanying the singer. Mm-hmm. We were not using a CD to play the music because at that moment when the whole audience turned around, the two piano players also took their hands off of the keys and turned around to make sure that nothing was exploding that they needed to run away from. Right. <laughs> After a stunned moment, the the young lady on stage was was wonderful. She had the the idea. She had the moment. She continued the song. It said Albert dear, to put it sweetly, <laughs> to hell with you. <laughs> so essentially, that narrator, that character is now a witch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we changed the storyline. Yeah, just a little <laughs> just bit. Just a little bit at that point. But she had great timing. This is yeah. the, this this was a wonderful moment on stage. And it's a story that we've been telling for over five years now. Everybody remembers this moment because it was so dramatic she has to be part of some sort of performance nowadays like there's no way she can't well here's the question what in life isn't performance are there things that you do that are not performance i know i'm a performer i know i'm a teacher teaching is performance art that's a steve martin quote steve martin actually said Ah. teaching is performance art and when did he say that uh this was in his book born standing up okay and he talks about how he admires teachers because teachers get paid to work every day in the genre of performance and it's true that's what you do steve martin's what's the title of that one i gotta check that out born standing up oh that's right you said born standing up yeah we can put it in show notes do you have show notes uh, I'll you put it. Have, you should have show notes. Yeah, I probably should. a little more in depth. <laughs> it's an assignment. I'm giving you an assignment, young Ryan. Fifteen, twenty years, or whatever. Fifteen years, years later. later, he's still telling me what to write and when to write it. Yes, show notes are very helpful for a podcast, so that you can have all that information that everybody needs to find and where it is every time consistently. There you go. <laughs> I'll have to do that. I put it. Uh, do you mean like in the description? Like in the description. Oh, okay, I have. I can some general versions. Yeah. If, the more in-depth the notes, the more specific information they can find. Hey, 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 podcast listener. So that was part one of my talk with Steve. It was really cool kind of getting to know him on a different level because I hadn't really been able to truly connect with him since I was his student back in the day. So next week is going to be the continuation of that talk. I don't really have that much to say in terms of all this gun control legislation. I try not to get too political on here. I do just want to say that I, I want to, something clearly needs to change. I don't know what, I don't have the answer. I know there's a big issue with gun control and whether or not that really works. All I know is that I really care about the issue and I really want some solution to be found, especially because I just want my students to feel safe. I mean, it's a learning environment. They should feel safe where they are. So if it's my job to protect them, I'm going to try to do something to make sure that some change is found so that they will be safe. Putting all political parties aside, putting aside your own beliefs, we all, I think we all agree something has to be done. And I think it's really sad that I have some students that think, you know what, nothing's going to happen. This is just going to be forgotten. So I would really encourage you guys to not fall into that hashtag mentality where it, it fades away after a couple weeks and then you move on to the next thing. That being said, 
Thank you for listening this week. If you want to check out part two of my talk with Steve, that will be on episode 25. We're almost six months into this podcast, which is awesome. So thank you for the support. Uh, Please make sure you check out Steve's podcast, Too Much Scrolling. That's on pretty much any other type of podcast app you can find, like Stitcher and Google Play and iHeartRadio, all of those things. Quick update, though, in terms of my school. I myself was able to start a weightlifting club after school, which is great. So I've got some access to that, uh, the weight room. I also have the opportunity to start coaching, which is awesome. Getting something started is going to be great for those kids. A lot of them, they're just looking for a way to not have to go home right away. Maybe they have something going on at home or they don't want to leave school because it's not the best situation for them. So providing some sort of a healthy avenue, that's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of them that they're really curious to see how much I can lift. So going to have to impress them somehow. But anyways, this was episode 24. Feel free to check us out next week on episode 25 when Steve and I wrap up that conversation. We're going to talk about a bunch of more deep thoughts and conversations, and it's going to be uh, pretty inspiring, I hope. So thanks again for listening. See you next time. Class dismissed. Classroom Brew is sponsored by nobody, and I have all rights to all this content, so don't steal it. Thanks. Bye.